Hello, welcome to Postcolonial Space. I'm Masood Raja. And today I'll take a few moments to answer a question that was posed to me through the comments on one of my videos. And the question is, why don't we include literature by American, Canadian, Australian, and let's say New Zealand authors as part of the post-colonial literature canon. Now I have answered this question over the years and it's part of different videos on the channel but there is no specific video that uh, answers this question. So let's first go into who includes this, who amongst the post-colonial scholars includes these literatures as part of post-colonial studies. The only place where it is mentioned that these literatures from America and Canada and New Zealand and Australia should be included in the post-colonial canon is in the book called The Empire Writes Back by Bill Ashcroft and others. Now that is of course a dated book. It came in 1986 and while it was a really good introductory book about what would become post-colonialism, a lot of its claims are neither plausible anymore or nor taken seriously. And within that book, they discuss the possibility of including the Kiwi, the Australian, the Canadian, and American literature as part of post-colonial literature because these places, of course, were at one point or the other British colonies. Now the reason we don't include that is because of two important distinctions that we make. One is the question of power, right? Which are the most powerful nations in the world? And that power differential decides that the writings by the mainstream authors from this, these regions do not technically qualify as post-colonial. And the other is by distinguishing what kind of colonialism it was. So these nations that I just named came into being through settler colonialism. Now settler colonialism simply explained is the kind of colonization where the Europeans didn't just come extract resources and go back, but they actually ousted the nat native populations and created their own nations on that land and hence became part of a settler colonial project. So in a way, their presence in this, these lands is still a colonial enterprise. So obviously the works from the dominant groups of these settler colonialists in any way or form may not qualify as post-colonial. Now there is you know, some room for ambiguity here, but by, by and large, this is what differentiates the works by mainstream authors of settler colonial nations as not part of post-colonial studies. But people living in these nations, if they are part of a diasporic community from India, from Kenya, from Nigeria, and if they account for their own racialized experience of these settler nations, by and large, we can sometimes include it and often do include it as part of the post-colonial canon, which tells us one more thing, that there is no established canon of post-colonial studies. It usually depends on 
what professors or students themselves privilege, but chances are we will not include William Faulkner in a post-colonial canon. There is a, another reason, and that's more disciplinary, in a sense that in any given English department, there are various sub-disciplines. In most American English departments, there are British lit faculty and American lit faculty, right? Within the American lit faculty, you'll have your Latinx specialist, African-American specialist, ethnic literature specialist, right? So a lot of the works, mainstream American literature works, are of course covered by American literature people. So it won't make any sense to include the same authors as part of the post-colonial canon as well, especially since their identities are connected to the poetics and politics of the settler nation state. So these are some of my, you know, cursory answers to a very complicated question. It emerges every now and then, and most of the time it emerges because people have read Bill Ashcroft in his book, The Empire Writes Back. Now I'm not denying the significance of that book, okay, because it when I was doing my master's, that was the only book of its kind available on the subject. But what I'm saying is that we should also learn and remember that whatever we read in scholarly research on any field of study is also implanted on our temporality. And sometimes we could be reading works that are necessary to know as to how the debates of a field developed, but they may not be the last word on the field, right? Keep that in mind. So. To sum up, one reason we do not include works by, let's say, mainstream American or mainstream Canadian authors in the canon of post-colonial literary studies is because, the, because of the power differential. These people are from very powerful nations, right? They, their views are connected to the politics and poetics of the dominant group, and two, these authors belong to what we call the settler nation states. These are the nation states which actually took over the native lands and built their own infrastructures and nations around there, and hence cannot really be considered post-colonial even though they got their independence from Britain. And the lived experiences as dominant nations and within that being part of a dominant community already make their work part of a dominant literary tradition, which could be American lit, which could be, you know, Australian literature, but not necessarily post-colonial literature. So that's all I have. I hope it answered your question. Uh, if I didn't, please post a comment. Uh, let me know what you think. And if there is any more room for further explanation, I'll try to explain further. Thank you. I hope you're staying safe and taking care of each other. Please continue to do so, and I will now see you next time. Until then, as always, peace and love.